Hey guys, how's it going? Hope you're all well and gearing up for the New Year celebrations. So this is going to be the last episode of 2019 and it's with local artist Fiona Mickey. We speak about her creative practice so far and also her experiences of being a teacher. Really cool chat and I really hope you enjoy this last conversation of 2019. Alright, catch up soon. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Create Me podcast. Today, uh, my guest is Fiona Miki. Um, she's a local artist based in Aberdeen. How's it going, Fiona? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for coming on the podcast and agreeing to be um, the last conversation of 2019. So, yeah. I'm very honoured, thank you. No, no worries. <laughs> Definitely look forward to kind of, you know, kind of finding out about, like, you know, your practice and how it all got started. Yeah, so just for our listeners, can you just give us a bit of an overview, overview of yourself and actually what is your practice at the moment? Um, well, my practice is uh, drawing. Mm-hmm. I've always been really passionate about drawing. Um, and I graduated from Grey's in Grey School of Art in Aberdeen mm-hmm. in 1999. Okay. Um, one of my tutors, she isn't there anymore, was Beth Fisher. And she was very much into drawing as well. And uh, she, I'd studied printmaking, so she kind of understood the frustration I would get from printmaking because... Um, I was really passionate about my drawing and then I would try and create that print as a drawing but it would never be the same so she understood that frustration and she was like well why don't you just draw just leave the drawings and do print separate so um, I kind of my degree show was kind of half prints and half drawings and then uh, she was like right Fiona we need to think about um, are you going to do a master's and I says well it's not going to be printmaking (laughs) I I want it to be drawing yeah and she says, well, there is a place in Wimbledon in London that you could try. Mm-hmm. And then I applied and I got in. And ever since then, I've just been just focused on just purely drawing. And okay. it's just a big passion of mine. Yes, I definitely want to get back to London because that's where I'm from. Oh, um, yeah. So, like, what was, like, for you, what was those kind of early influences that made you actually want to go and study at Grey School of Art? Because um, I'm, I'm from here locally, so yeah. I'm from a little village called Aberhardar, what, Fogey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, to me, it just seemed like the natural progression was to was to go to Greece. Um, and I knew that there was a... I actually wanted to do painting, but I ended up doing printmaking. Um so at Grey's, it just felt right. And um, I like the fact that they did really focus on drawing and painting and all the traditional kind of um, subjects at that time. It just felt right for me. And um, also because I was brought up in the country, it wasn't too far away oh, okay. from home, if that yeah. made sense. So yeah, oh, definitely. It, uh-huh. Yeah. And so you was in London. Um, what year was that? Did you move down to Wimbledon? Yeah, 1999. And I, I graduated in 2001. Okay. And did you stay in London for a bit after, after you graduated? No, oh. I didn't. Well, actually, because um, I stayed in Wim- um, Kernhill. Oh, yeah, I know Kernhill very uh-huh. well. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and, and that was really nice. And then instead of like going into the city centre, mm-hmm. I would go to Wimbledon. So okay. I got the T- Thameslink train. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that, that was a really... I remember, I'll, I'll never forget getting off that train that day and go arriving in Wimbledon I was like oh my god this is because this little you know from this little village yeah, to, yeah. but I absolutely loved it okay I loved the people I loved um, the people I met in the course um, I was really out of my comfort zone um, but it was such a good challenge for me yeah. and it really 
pushed my ideas of what drawing was. I did quite a lot of conceptual drawing and installations. So it was really, really good for me. It really pushed a lot of boundaries for me. So. Yeah. I definitely kind of, I think in previous conversations on the podcast, have like touched on like that kind of need of like anyone kind of doing something creative, actually pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And you think at that time... Do you think that was definitely for you that was needed then at that I, period? I think so, yeah, because, yeah. I, well, I was doing lots of, like, large charcoal figurative drawings. Um, and when I went to, I remember the tutors at London were, OK, um, you know, we like this stuff, but it's not really much about the figure anymore. It's about the presence of a figure. So how can you, like, get that into your work? Um and I ended up doing really, really kind of small drawings, but lots of them, and I created a room, so there was still that presence of a figure, okay. but it just wasn't there anymore, yeah. or or it just had left the room, and you were just walking into all their drawings and this kind of bedroom setups. I remember having a glass of milk mm. and pencils and stuff on this table and lots of little drawings on the wall that you thought maybe the person that lived there had left oh okay yeah so it was that it was like that kind of idea mm-hmm. which i'd had really a, a lot of fun actually with okay. it and it changed my ideas a lot about what what art is as well yeah. so so like after london where did you come back up to the northeast then i actually i came back up for a year mm-hmm. um but i met a, a guy in my course um was dutch <laughs> And I met a friend of his who came over to see the show, so his name was um, Vita. But <laughs> and then um, I ended up moving to Amsterdam, and I lived there right. for five years. Oh, okay, well, right. <laughs> so um, that was also, but because I'd done London, I mean, I was still nervous about going to Amsterdam, but it wasn't so scary if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. And then we stayed there for quite a while, and then we um, moved to Edinburgh. <laughs> he did his masters at uh, Edinburgh College of Art. We stayed there for five years and then we stayed in Berlin for a while. But unfortunately, my German wasn't as good as... He's Dutch, so he could speak amazing um, German. So we just decided it was time to... Kind of come back. Come back. And and I I came back to Scotland and um, he stayed in Berlin. so. So, like, for you then, when you were in Amsterdam, like... Do you think we were there for five years, could have left for time, five years? Do you think that, that kind of definitely influenced your practice in a kind of different way? Yeah, it was, um, I've always been through this five-year itch kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. really strange after like five or six years and I'm like, mm, should I move? Or It's <laughs> kind of been like a pattern or almost. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's strange because the work that I produced in Amsterdam was kind of a continuation from where I was in London, so it was lots of small drawings and everything. But it was a really exciting city, so much going on, um, so many met so many different artists. We did lots of group exhibitions with other people. But it's strange because it wasn't until I came back to Scotland that I really started to focus my work really started to flourish. Okay. Um, I remember going up to my mum's to, she was moving house and I um, went through all my old art school work and, and I came across my figurative drawings. Aye. I was like, God, I really love doing these. You know, I had nobody tell me what to do. <laughs> um, and then I started to kind of go back into the, it was a different style and it was a different kind of theme, but I started, then that's when I started drawing big again, the big charcoal drawing. So, okay. and I did that for up till quite just about a couple of years ago. 
uh, still did that kind of type of work. So, so if, if, I think like if anyone kind of like you know follows you and knows about like your work, what kind of like themes are coming out of your work? Well, I'm, I'm a, my huge influence is um, gothic romanticism. Mm-hmm. I love all kind of um, ruins, um, gothic films, gothic literature, um, just anything that's romantic and dark. And okay. I, I just really love that kind of stuff. Right. I, I know people find it kind of quite cheesy, but I, I don't mind. I, I, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I, I, sometimes I think with my work, I need to maybe, you know, ham it up a wee bit more so that I'm always kind of scared a wee bit of making it too kind of cheesy or too kitsch. But I think now I should just embrace it and just really go for it. So that's something I'm kind of thinking of in the future. And where do you think that kind of came from? Was there something that influenced you to kind of like more gravitate towards more kind of gothic, dark, kind of romantic kind of art? Oh, um, it was funny because I was speaking to a pupil today um, because the I was teaching my seniors and the the my computer crashed. So I had to go I had a whiteboard, so I was kind of writing things and I goes, Oh you know, I'm quite enjoying this. It reminds me of being a kid. Yeah. And it goes, When did you ever have a board that you would draw? <laughs> and I says, Well I says, Well, I, I was raised and um, my parents bought an old schoolhouse in the country and um the original school was just next door, but it was kind of derelict. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was still a roof and was kind of tiles falling off, but there was a, tr- uh, a farmer who um, drove his, um, parked his tractor in the old hall. Okay. And it was all boarded up, but me and my brothers... To go in there. Would go in. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of the old classrooms were still kind of intact. Right. So my brothers would play football in one of the rooms, and, and I it had all the original kind of... Um, you know the, the boards up, like the chalkboards, the chalkboards yeah. and everything. Yeah. So, and uh, my dad was doing up the house at the mm-hmm. time, so I would find all these like bits of plasterboard and I would use that to draw. Right. So it was that kind of, it was really creepy but mm-hmm. exciting yeah. and yeah. kind of you. It gave you a bit of a thrill. Mm-hmm. But so, I guess like in, in that kind of set, you never know what will happen. Yes, uh, yeah. and it was yeah. so it was just across from our house. Do you know right. what I mean? It yeah. was just like two seconds and we're just our house was just next door but it was I don't know it just was really and at night our bedroom well my bedroom used to look onto it okay so I think from then I don't know I think just loads of ghost stories and Mm -hmm. speaking about spooky things it's just I don't know it probably grew from there or something okay so obviously you mentioned there like like, you know today like you know you said you're one of your students so when did that kind of transition um, change for you then from creating to actually teaching when did that happen Um, Probably, probably, that's like three years ago. Okay. I mean, I'm still, I'm still busy with my practice. Mm. That's why I love the summer holidays. <laughs> it's <laughs> six it, weeks of six this, weeks, yeah. and then the Christmas holidays. So, yeah. um, but I, I just felt kind of I'd done every job you can imagine just to get by, waitressing, cleaning, mm. um, and it wasn't until I kind of came back to Scotland. I was, I was like, I really need to think about settling down and getting a wee bit. I still love being creative. I'm never going to stop that, but I'm kind of getting a bit old to just scrimping and scrape it. You know, I'm really scrimping and saving. And then a friend of mine was like, you know, why don't you teach? You know, you, you know, you can give a lot back, and it's it's uh, it's really enjoyable. And I thought, no, I'm not going to enjoy this. So I volunteered at a school, and I absolutely loved it. Okay. And it really is. I th- I'm glad I did it at this age because I feel I've got a lot to give back and yeah. I've got a, a lot of experience. I think if I went straight from art school, I would 
feel probably intimidated by them, do you know? Yeah, but yeah. now I've got a bit of life experience, so I'm just mm-hmm. but more relaxed, I think. Yeah. So I think that's definitely kind of like a really good thing to hear about, you know, giving back. I guess there's like almost like, you know, you, you can influence that younger generation of like students who are like, I really want to be an artist, but I don't know how to kind of go about it and stuff, you know? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think I can, I always tell them it's tough, mm-hmm. but it's it's a lot of fun yeah. and you just have to be open-minded and, yeah, it's not going to be easy, mm-hmm. but it's, it's if it's in your heart, it's, you'll have a, you know, a brilliant life experience mm-hmm. of doing it. You'll have to scrimp and save or yeah. make, do all, you know, have jobs on the side. Mm-hmm. But as long as you're, you know, feeding your practice, yeah. it's it's rewarding. So. I think that's definitely important for people to hear and also know that any kind of creative endeavour that you're doing, you know, because you can have like, not like loses of grandeur, but you can always be like, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to have this five-year plan. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that you'll still have to maintain a hold down maybe one or two kind of jobs yes, to keep yeah. your practice kind of going uh-huh. and stuff. And like, for you, like navigating your way through that, did you have ideas when you first kind of graduated, okay, what your career was going to be like and what you're going to do and stuff? I th- I th- when I look back, I think I was probably quite naive okay. and... I think um, I was always, yeah, I think I didn't, I think probably at the time I was kind of, I had this idea of what I wanted to be. I wanted to get into these galleries and, um, but I I don't think reality really hit home probably until quite a few years later. Um, But there's one thing I've definitely realised is that um, it's important for me to make work for me mm-hmm. and you know I've done an odd few commissions and that but it just didn't didn't come easy to me to be honest other people can do commissions and they really enjoy it and yeah. they enjoy that side of it but I could never I don't know I, I just never could never turned out the way I always I wanted it to be mm-hmm. I think I work better when I when I can choose myself what I want to also do obviously that, makes that sense. element of obviously controlling the narrative then a bit of actually you know, when you're creating this, you can be like, well, there's not that pressure of somebody wants this by yes. this deadline and by this time it has to be a certain way. Yeah. Do you think yeah. it's like, it's almost like you can build it up in your head and also kind of be hard? Do you think it's like, there's one thing, I don't know whether it's like, is it, whether it's, it's just, I think it's sort of other people, not just creators, but the amount of pressure mm, you can put yeah. on yourself. Yeah. It's kind of like, I speak to a lot of creative people and it seems like it seems to be kind of unreal the pressure that people can put on themselves. Yeah. You know, and saying like, you know, someone say, oh, that's brilliant, I love that. And then they're like, no, I don't like it. You know? Uh-huh. Yeah. So do you think for you, then you went through those kind of phases of actually, oh, no, like, I'm putting that pressure on yourself a bit as well with your own practice. Yeah, I, I, it's funny, I do that quite a lot because mm-hmm. um, you were mentioning about Instagram yeah. and... Um, I kind of started, since I started teaching, I've been work, uh, working smaller, so I've been doing lots of drawings just from my imagination. Mm-hmm. As before, I would um, uh, take lots of photographs from different scenes and then I would do compositions and I'd use Photoshop to do compositions. Okay. Then I'd print the image out and then I'd draw from that image. Mm-hmm. So there was this whole kind of process before I did the actual work. Um, but the smaller pieces are really narrative and they just kind of, they just, I didn't have an, a set idea in my head of what I was going to draw and it just kind of happened. Um, so there's like kind of two different kind of processes. But the older work, the black and white work, I'd never shown that on Instagram. Okay. And it's, it's all this kind of small drawings. But recently I put on a one or two pieces on Instagram and I was, 
it's quite good for gauging what is people like and what mm-hmm. don't like. Mm-hmm. Even though I've always done my own thing, <laughs> it's it's quite interesting. Um, even if I'm kind of a bit lost with my practice, I think mm, I'll try and see, you know, get caught, get some. Feed. It's great for feedback. Oh, I absolutely! Think. I, I think definitely, like you know, you know, social media is kind of. I'm sure you work. You, I work with young people. I'm a social worker, and uh-huh. it's always kind of like you know, the negatives of you know, young people can have disputes on social media and so many other things they do on social media. But I've noticed that as well. Like there are the positive things where it's like yeah. you know, if you're doing something creative, then someone can comment or give you some advice or some feedback and you'll be like, oh, I didn't think of that, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. Like, that's what I think as well as, like, that's probably not recognised enough that there are also really kind of positives when you're engaging with social media and using it. Yeah. In, in a way, that if, obviously, if, you're, if you're coming from that kind of, obviously, that kind of positive mindset, frame of mind, saying, oh, this is my work, what do you think? And then people give you honest feedback. It's quite good. Yes, I yeah. Think, yeah, yeah. And I think it's also, if you're quite... Um, well, how I met you, for instance, mm-hmm. was through social media. Oh, yeah, so it's yeah. like it's. I think it's great for um, creative platforms. Mm-hmm. If you're, you maybe can't always go to openings, or you're, you're quite busy. You can still connect with other artists, mm-hmm. um, and it's great following other people as well, seeing what they're up to, and. Yeah. Um, kind of see what challenges they go through because I, I was quite interested about Instagram lots of people will really write about how they're feeling about their work yeah. and, and I really enjoy doesn't it make you feel so alone if that makes sense oh yeah I think definitely I think you know any kind of creative process is I would say is like a lonely process yeah yeah. You know? and then it's always kind of like you can always have your own little, little online kind of community yes you know and I think that's kind of I think in a sense that kind of keeps you going mm-hmm. you know because I think before of the age of social media probably you know, you know, call someone on the phone and hope yeah. they'll pick up or yeah. something. So it's that instant kind of like support. I think is you know really mm-hmm. really useful and beneficial. One thing I want to kind of ask you is like, how do you kind of like you know obviously now you're teaching that's full time mm-hmm. and in terms of your own practice, how do you kind of keep that motivation going? Um, but I try to go home in the evenings and. Uh, I've actually started a big drawing okay. because I, I actually miss, I was speaking to a friend of mine mm-hmm. recently and I miss that relationship of working on something long scale. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, working small scale worked well for me because I had, you know, was studying for my teacher training. I was really busy in my first year teaching and I had to build up um, classroom resources and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's easing off a bit now because, okay. um, but I miss that kind of, relationship of working on something big and then you know you'll you'll get up in the morning get you know get your breakfast and you'll I'll pop my head through my spare room just to have a wee look at okay, it do you know what uh, I mean yeah, and yeah. see how it's going yeah. and then when you come when I'm not too tired I come home from work and maybe have a wee look and yeah. maybe you know do a bit of drawing okay. or or I dedicate the weekend one maybe like a Sunday a couple hours I'm going to dedicate it to <laughs> so it's I'm quite enjoying that getting back into that relationship that I had with the the big work, yeah. that kind of physical relationship, which is really quite nice at the moment. So. Oh, no, it's really cool. And mm-hmm. I think another thing I want to kind of touch on, I think, like, it's almost like the unsaid thing about any kind of, you know, creative practice or, like, anything like within art is just that, you know, the monetization mm-hmm. of your work. How, what's your kind of thoughts about that? I know there's some people who, like, I just need to, you know, we just like, you know, creating and that's all we need to do, you know. Mm-hmm. And then some people think like, well, I'm a creative, but also my time is value, valuable as well. Mm-hmm. And where do you kind of fit in with that? It 
how do you mean like so okay like in the terms of like do you feel like is it like you know monetizing from your work do you think it's actually it's beneficial or do you feel like like some people feel oh no then why should you want to make money from your work do you feel like actually your time and effort being put into creating something should be valued um, I, I definitely make work to, to be seen mm-hmm. you know yeah. it's not just a thing of I'm doing it for myself mm-hmm. I do uh, some drawings I do for myself like my practicing and my sketchbooks yeah. that I don't like but I do I do enjoy the feedback mm-hmm. even if I maybe don't get sales yeah. I, I do like to um, I like to create a world for pe- my own little world mm-hmm. or reminiscent to these gothic films or the same kind of feeling that I get from all these gothic films yeah. or the stills or the books <laughs> I'm trying to create that in drawings mm-hmm. And even though people don't want to necessarily buy it, they might want to buy a wee print or a, a postcard, but I'm, I'm trying to create something for them to see. So it's, yeah. de- it's de- my, my work. I create work for people to see, yeah. definitely. Okay. Maybe not, maybe to own if they can, af- if they want to buy it, yeah. but it's, it's an experience I want them to have. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's, that's definitely, I think it's such a, like an important thing that, you know, to create something. And I think, like, you know, I do this and I have different conversations with people with varying different kind of creative backgrounds and stuff, but it's mm-hmm. almost kind of like, it's good to kind of get their story to be heard by yeah. other creatives as well. Yes, You yeah. think, like, you know, like, you know, you graduated in 1999 mm-hmm. and there might be somebody from Grace just listening right now. Yes, yes, yes. third yeah. or fourth year and stuff, uh-huh. you know? And I think that's kind of like, if it can kind of give a positive influence, you know, yeah. even through your work, and someone's like, oh, that really resonates with me. Yeah. And it's like, it's almost kind of like that, um, that kind of commun- human connection uh-huh. without there being any kind of like that kind of communication, especially like when you're seeing your, someone seeing your work uh-huh. and it kind of like, I don't know like how like, I don't know how do you kind of like quantify or how do you kind of explain that connection when somebody sees your work and they get it. You know, yes, they don't know yeah. you, but they get it. It must be an amazing yeah. feeling, though, and, like for you when somebody actually, oh, I'm gonna, I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I had a, I had an exhibition in Berlin. This is quite a few years ago, mm-hmm. and it, there was a, a guy at the opening who loved ghost stories as well. Okay. So he told me about, um, oh, I can't remember the, was it Mr. James? Or I think we were talking about Mr. James, the ghost writer, and I think he told me about. I can't even remember his name, so that's, it sounds really terrible that I'm never... <laughs> but it, what a brilliant conversation we had about all these ghost stories, mm-hmm. these old kind of Victorian ghost stories, mm-hmm. and it was like he really got it. Yeah. You know, he really understood um, what my work was about, because my, my work's quite, you know, it's not abstract. The large drawings are, you know, they are figurative and quite realistic yeah. in a sense. Um, so that was a really enjoyable experience. That's really cool. That, I really enjoyed that, that conversation and um, and he told me tips about films to watch. But there's also a site called um, on Facebook called Folk Horror Revival. Okay. And that's been an amazing site for, I've, in the past I've maybe put a few images of my drawings. Mm. Um, people, if they're looking for films or literature or anything to do with that theme yeah. or that genre... You just go on this site. People have huge conversations from all over the world. It's an right. amazing thing. Oh, okay. So I'm really enjoying that 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 site as well. So. That sounds really good. Uh-huh. And like for you, in terms of like your practice, where do you kind of see that going? Like in 2020. Um. Well, th- I think 2020. Um. I did uh, in the past. I've been doing the small drawings. I finished. I did a booklet called Mirror. It was like a little booklet. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I just finished another little gothic book. So that's, I've kind of been trying to take my, making a collection of drawings. So I'm going to try and get that published. It'll be self-published. Um, and then I'm kind of, I feel like I've kind of explored that venue for just now and I'm I'm starting to go into the big drawings again. So I'm just kind of looking for, I'm thinking about a location to maybe exhibit and um in autumn next year. Okay. So that's kind of my deadline mm -hmm. is um, getting uh, new work ready for then. So okay. That sounds really good. And where can people kind of find you on social media at the moment? Well, it's uh, Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so it's Fiona, well, it's Fiona Mickey, but there's Fiona and Mickey because there's quite a lot of Fiona Mickey. <laughs> I was a bit, I was too late in getting on the yeah. Instagram thing. Um, I'm on Facebook, but I also have my own website, which is www.fionamickey.co.uk. And there you can see some of my, my little booklets, like um, I put like um, my comics I call them comic picture books. You can read them. Yeah. Um, you can see my earlier work, um, the drawings. You can kind of read and see exhibitions I've been on. So okay. it, I don't get so much uh, hits as I would like Instagram. I mean, mm -hmm. that's amazing. But it's just the fact that if somebody sees my work on Instagram, they go, oh, she's got her own website and things yeah. like that. Yeah. So that's really good that way. That's really good. So Fiona, thank you okay, for thank being you. the last episode of oh, 2019. Fine. Really appreciate you coming through Thank today. you for asking me. No worries, really enjoyed it. Thank you for coming through to the Night Room Studio as well. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoy and we'll see you in 2020. All right, bye for now. Okay, thank you. So that was my conversation with Fiona Mickey. I want to thank Fiona for coming on the podcast and sharing her story with us all. Much appreciate Fiona. So be sure to check out Fiona's work in the links in the episode description. And yeah, and that's it. That is the last episode of 2019. I can't believe we've had two years of podcast ramblings in the Dean. I want to thank everyone who's been a guest on the podcast this year and, you know, definitely, you know, made this all worthwhile, which I really appreciate. And I look forward to 2020. Loads of things, you know, planned for the new year. But right now, I think I'm going to chill with a nice glass of rum and Coke and bring in the new year celebrations. And I'll see you all in 2020. Oh, and just by the way to let you know that um, I will be back with conversations but maybe coming in late January early February in 2020 so yeah um, I'll see you guys soon enjoy the new year celebrations alright see you soon